Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Part 2. Harris Reed. Say no more. It's an extravaganza. Here it is. You have been unashamedly yourself, and I don't even like using unashamedly. You have been yourself mm-hmm. for a long time. And actually, what happens so often is people start to discover their identity later in life, right? Mm-hmm. There are voices that say that if you, you know, ask kids to sit down and talk about their feelings the whole time, they you just create these snowflake kids and blah, 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 <laughs> which is nonsense. It seems to be a dominant rhetoric. I'm actually not sure that everyone thinks that, but I mm-hmm. think that right-wing press has a good way of spreading that stuff. Mm. And yet, what it did for you, for example, is it actually just made someone who felt really safe in themselves Mm. and was able to go on and do things that you would have potentially, we don't know, but, you know, stifled and would have come out in other ways. Mm. And what about the other kids who were there? Are you still in touch with any of them? I am. And one of my good friends, she's now an actor. Her name's Gideon Adlon. She just touched on in London today. So I'm very excited to see her. It, It brought a very artistic group of kids because if I talk to any of them now you know they're singer-songwriters they're actors they're painters there's very few people that I know that went into finance or but mm-hmm. and I think the important point to uh to point out here is a lot of them are being quite successful I mean everyone has their own definition of what success is but in their field and I think that's what's so important especially in a country like the UK which I love so much but at the same time, we don't put enough attention or love or money into the arts. And I think the show said basically an art school that was about talking about your feelings and emotions. It gave way to a bunch of 20-something-year-olds that are very successful in the artistic fields and are living across the world. So we should do more of that. We should do more because it creates self-belief, right? Mm. And that can be down to your sexuality and your identity, but can also just be down to like, I'm a kid drawing polka dot pussy bows and Mm. every rapper i know is wearing hoodies Mm -hmm. and people are like what how are you ever going to dress anyone because i remember that was slightly a context of a Mm. conversation about someone saying to you why are you doing that if everyone just copies each other we're never going to have creativity right and and it and it requires messianic self-belief unfortunately just to do something that you kind of weirdly in believe in but it's very hard to get other people on board well, also, I think there's a safety thing as well. I think when I first moved to London and I was just taking the tube and bus every single day. And I remember mm. like, there's not a day that went by that I wasn't hearing faggot or freak or what the mm. fuck or people taking the piss. I used to live in Finsbury Park for quite a while. I remember one or t- two times like running through that little kind of tube path that feels like it's never ending and being like, holy shit, I'm going to get beaten up. And I think now I'm in a place where I still take public transit. I fucking love that about London. But, you know, I am in a, a cab a bit more often. I'm in a car a bit more often. And I feel so safe 
I'm constantly aware that even today I was wearing head-to-toe cheetah with a giant purse and massive sunglasses and blown out hair and I'm dripping in like all these vintage random jewelry. Like, and I feel very safe to present myself in this way, but I'm also aware that like I got to take a black cap here in the morning. But it's, it's also a thing where I think there's safety comes into a massive part of it as well, where I think people sometimes are nervous and scared to even play with the idea of what their biggest dreams are. I'm not saying that what you look like it means that that's your dream, but if let's say you want to be a singer, usually there's a persona that comes with that, or you want to be a designer, there's a persona that comes with that. If you want to be an artist, there's a rep- you, there's a way of representing yourself that comes alongside usually that artistic passion that you have, where yes. obviously you're just wearing a suit and wanting to go, and I have nothing against bankers or finance, but like, no. you know, wearing a suit and following that norm or wearing, you know, the tracksuit or this or that or the other and kind of doing the norm is obviously just so much safer and when you don't have the privileges of having the protection of a good friend group or like literally a a steel thing built around you which is like a car to feel like you're not going to get gay bashed it's also a thing that i constantly kind of have in my dms and i'm late night chatting with people about you know them coming out you know later in life or early in life or not you know feeling safe or being like i feel like i might be fluid or i might be trans but i don't feel safe to put a skirt on in front of my parents Mm -hmm. all these kinds of like safe space conversations which for me, it's always been my thought process as I build a company. I'm like, how can I help cre- in creating safe spaces? Like I create these garments that hopefully almost, you know, that's why there are a lot of cages. Even the thing I did for Harry Styles, American Vogue, that was a massive cage, cages and mm. big hats. It's almost these things that you kind of like can set you inside of. It's like literally putting you into like this safe space where, you know, the boots are all, you know, 22 centimeters. So you're, you know, I always wear high shoes. I feel like I'm always about being present, but also being at a safe mm. distance. We were talking about Eddie Izzard and Julian Clary mm-hmm. and how people are cool with Julian Clary because he's wearing a pink PVC sock, basically, and he's on TV. And that is theater and mm-hmm. it's not everyday mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. But the risk of being a person putting that on and just going to the supermarket is very, very different. Mm-hmm. And that is undeniable. You know, and, and when Travis Alabanza came on this podcast, they were saying, I am aware that as I get older and if I were to have kids, I will recede away from my trans non-binariness because mm. it's just going to be easier at the school gates and I will fade into the background. And that is because it's about safety, right? Mm. Um, and I, so I think about I, you know, I think it is really relevant. But then I also think about the idea that, so my dad was a fashion photographer, mm. a very open-hearted, open-minded guy, completely, completely. But when I told him I was having kids with my husband, he was like, "What? Like Elton John?" And I was like, okay. "No, like people. <laughs> like you're like like husbands do." Yeah, but there is something really useful about the mainstreaming of things that are totally normal, but they're considered to be on the margins. Mm. And I think if you've seen Harry Styles in a dress on the cover of Vogue, it does create little bits of language, right, to Mm -hmm. start discussions. And I know that people always go, but so-and-so was wearing a dress since dot, dot, Mm -hmm. dot. Mm -hmm. We know. But culture is about the present moment and who's doing it now, right? Mm -hmm. And it's super useful. Mm -hmm. And you talk about this in the book, you know, about the history of queer language and all of that. But do you feel like you're contributing in a way as well that that is, that is helpful to have someone like Harry expressing himself in that way? I think any time to your point that people are having a conversation, I feel like I'm doing my job right. And I think lately within anything, whether it's Little Nas X with yeah. his chest out on the 
think it was like the MTV Music Awards we did with a massive crinoline skirt or whether it was Harry Styles or whether it's Troy Sivan or, you know, whoever we're working in a way that we're pushing the gender binary, let's say, whether it's people having hate speech or whether it's praise, I think it's always amazing because I've always had that since a very young kid. And maybe it's something that I just had to tell myself, but I really believe it. But if I'm walking down the street and some bloke looks at me and excuse me again, but says the word faggot to me, I know in my head and I've always told myself it doesn't matter because he's clearly opening a dialogue within himself because he's just seen something, had such a visual reaction to it. We're all in our heads 24-7. He must lie in bed at night and be like, why did I have such a thing? But even so subconscious, Mm. I do think it starts a narrative and it does start a conversation. So to your point, and something I always try to talk about is like, I didn't invent fluidity. I'm not the beacon or the face or anything like this. Like there's look at the long list of hundreds and hundreds of years of people, whether they were knowingly or unknowingly pushing for a more fluid future. But I'm someone now that has a following that is making quote unquote over the talk pieces, working with people that are very prevalent in the mainstream. And I feel like then there's this conversation that gets to keep erupting, which I think is important around what men should quote unquote wear, what women should quote unquote wear, what is non-binary, what is fluid. So I feel like I'm hopefully contributing. I mean, if fucking hope so, that's the whole reason I built this company, like contributing in a positive way. I'm pleased to report you are. But also, actually, in a way, something that's just occurred to me. So we first saw the world in a huge, huge context, first saw your clothes on you on Instagram. You are a gender fluid person. Mm -hmm. Actually, you didn't ask for Harry Styles to wear them. You know, Mm -hmm. like that was that wasn't in your plan. Harry Styles put them on. That's that wasn't you didn't put them in a shop under gender fluid. You know what I mean? You know, I just did me. I Mm. literally made clothes. I mean, I think for that context for people, like I had, you know, I don't know, 1,500 Instagram followers or 2,000 Instagram followers. And I remember just literally being like, I am a queer non-binary person and I don't see anything in any shop from at the time Topshop to, I mean, I couldn't afford Chanel, but Chanel that was doing any kind of clothing that represented my gender or who I was. And that's when I just started making And it became very Studio 54, 70s, you know, romantic, what I'm known for now, the pussy bow and the flares. But I was just making myself clothes because there was nothing out there that felt Mm. like it worked for me. And then from that point, people were just screenshotting those harmless Instagram pictures. And it's like, I want this for this client. The VIP was like, I want to look like that. I want that, you know. That's also why I feel like the business has grown in a space that I never, to your point, had like a massive sign that was like gender fluid clothing here. This is what this is. I was just like, I'm just being me. And I'm creating pieces that I love for myself. And then it's kind of grown its own. I hate the word fan base, but people that want to wear it. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One of the things that's really gives me permanent joy about this podcast is that, you know, people come on and we talk about their individual identity and then people write in and go, thank God somebody said that because that's me. Mm. And I've never yeah. felt like I'm dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Tell me how your identity has evolved and mm-hmm. how you're feeling now. And you make mm-hmm. a really lovely distinction between non-binary and gender fluidity that you mm-hmm. feel is right for you. Mm-hmm. Just tell me more about that. Gorgeous question. So I think <laughs> for me, what I love about fluid is the fact that I mean, again, it is fluid. It's ever-changing, ever-moving. I think, again, three years ago, I was always saying I'm non-binary. You know, I went by strictly they, them pronouns. I did not feel male or female. I felt that gender was fluid, and that's where I stayed. As I went on my own journey, also thank God for therapy and got a really incredible therapist that I also worked hand-in-hand with. Because, obviously, when you start a company, even accidentally, based around your identity, it fucks with your head. Because I started believing that I was this six foot, let's say seven foot tall with the platforms and red hair and makeup and slender physique. And that that was who I was. And I quickly realized that isn't like that is actually not what fluidity is. Fluidity is changing. Like I can still be fluid, but I can be wearing baggy jeans and fucked up trainers and a t-shirt and have my hair in a bun and look like stripped back. And that's still that. So I had yeah. a lot of therapy. I'm just giving that context of also, mm. as I was growing a brand that was rapidly growing and rapidly having a demand, I also had to figure out what fluid actually fucking meant to myself. And so mm. I think kind of coming into now, you know, 2024, which is crazy when 2024, fluid looks a lot different to me because I still identify as fluid, but my pronouns go by he, him, and they, them. Some of my friends even call me she, her. I, for me, think that my fluidity is the fact that I don't feel like I stick into any specific gender and that is fluid and that is acceptable. And yes. so for me, it's also... Something that was actually, I wasn't going to say this, but I even had a lot of exact, like a lot of really bad anxiety and a lot of therapy sessions when I was going to reintroduce the fact that I wanted to maybe go by he, him sometimes because I felt Mm. that I became in a way accidentally a bit of a poster child for the fluid community because every article was like, they, them, Harris, and like, you know, I was like, am I going to get a fucking ton of, sorry, I didn't realize I swear so much on it, but I'm guessing I'm passionate that I do, but I was like, <laughs> am I going to get backlash? Are people going to call me out and be like, no, that's not actually fluid of you. And I kept trying to kind of separate a little bit mm. non-binary and fluidity because I think that they do go hand in hand, but I think that they are also their own entities. And that's how I've always looked at it for myself because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up one day and, you know, I've just gotten married two months ago and, you know, we're talking about children in the future. Like, I don't know. You know, I like how the word mommy sounds. And that's something that actually I might want my kids to say. And I've always even told my now husband from the beginning, like, I don't know if in the future that I might want want to be a woman, I might want to be a man. It doesn't matter because it's fluid. And he's always been so on board with that. And this is why, you know, I don't understand why there's ever a bloody conversation around the fact that, oh, there's two genders, because that is absolute bullshit. We are all on this spectrum. I don't get how people can be so fixed. And also, why does anyone give a shit? Like, why does anyone care? Totally. And I get it because obviously everyone has to put something in a box. Everyone has to put someone in a lane. They have to put someone in their place. That is how society is built. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you are better or less better, people have to be able to decipher those things like putting you in a bracket. And mm. gender isn't something you put into a bracket. But it comes with so much baggage. Like, that's the oh. thing that I reject about I just reject all the baggage it comes with. I love masculinity. I love femininity. I love mm. all those things. But that guy who's shouting faggot at someone along the street is because that's not his fault. It's because mm. he has been educated in this way of all this 
you know, the stuff that comes with it mm. that is really toxic. And mm -hmm. so for that reason, I feel like I just reject it all. I don't know what that means, but I'm just like, yeah, everyone is everyone and it's an energy. But I always try and describe it to my friends as like, and I don't know if this is a very good description, but I always found gender confusing when I, I remember being someone being behind me in a shop and someone going, oh, let the man pass. I was probably like 15. They're like, oh, let the man pass. And I was like, how do they know I'm a man? Like, I didn't understand. Mm. It just felt this weird nebulous thing that I think a lot of people don't have that. They just accept it. But if you mm. find it strange, it kind of is everywhere and everything. And you feel it and you see it in everything you look at, right? It takes time also to not see gender. It's not not see gender, but not be affected by it. I mean, mm. I even like classic examples. Me and my husband, now that I live between Paris and London, do a lot of projects. Like we set a date night aside every, let's say, Tuesday night is usually what we do. And we go out to dinner and they'll be like, they'll give me the menu first. And they're like, madame or like ma'am. And then they give him it second. It depends on the place. Like I'm not trying to be called a woman, but it also doesn't bother me. But it's taken, you know, even imagine like me going on dates as a young queer person. Like I had anxiety going to the date because I was like... I'm going to be going out with a, a guy and I maybe didn't fully explain my outlook on, you know, my gender or anything. And then we'll sit at a restaurant and they'll say, ma'am, and then they'll kind of look at me and then they'll be like, oh, doesn't that bother you? Is that weird? And then it just starts this whole conversation where like it's taken a lot of therapy, good friends, writing a book to be in a place where I don't fucking care and it shouldn't matter. And I think this is also something that I have a lot of conversations with a lot of my trans friends and non-binary friends and just even more I kind of hate the word morph. What is more feminine gay friends mean? But when they are mis, quote unquote, misgendered, you know, I have some friends that have very strong views that you immediately correct that person and almost call them out. I disagree more with this because sometimes for me, I'm like, yeah, but this poor person's working a nine to five. They're literally in hospitality. I used to work at All Saints on the shopping floor when I was 18. And I was like, I'm not going to embarrass this person and call them out. Like, you know, I've always had a thing that if I'm in a business meeting or if I'm working with someone in a long-term project, I find it a safe space to be able to speak about my gender or my pronouns, but in a restaurant does not become the place where I need to make someone feel bad. So, but it mm. did take a quite a while for me also to not let it affect me too much. And also not for the, which always happens later. And my voice I know is very high pitched, but when I start talking, they'll be like, oh shit, sorry, sir. And then I'm like, it's cool, it's chill. And then like once or twice, even the managers come over like, oh, we're so sorry about that. And like, it's a thing where I'm like, wow. no, it's cool. And I guess I get to be in a privileged place to say it's cool because again, good friends, good support system, good therapy. I know some people being misgendered is a really horrible thing and that I 100% understand and respect. But I also think it's about why like fluidity, it's kind of finding your fluidity your version thresholds and limits inversion yeah exactly your version and people don't mean harm often mm. you know and and compassion and patience are really useful things in in that space but like you say as well like being misgendered is completely different and not and not cool i think as queer people we have a bit of a responsibility to also push the conversation forward in a positive way. I don't want to call someone out and make them feel bad because I want to have it be more of a calm, open dialogue. Even with this book, you know, I'm not a lock who's, you know, an incredibly mm. talented writer and a good friend of mine. And they are so much like the way that they speak. I did a panel with them at BOF and I literally got off the stage and was like, I've never felt like I've sounded more stupid because they speak so eloquently and they have everything so clear. But what I realized my purpose in the space of fluidity and educating people is the fact that I'm a stepping stone, hopefully, into a deeper conversation. Like, mm. this book right here 
I, you know, originally when I started it, I it had the word fuck, bi- like bitch. I was much more like, this is my book for my gays in the days and, you know, and ha ha ha. And then when I talked to the publisher, they're like, yeah, but what's the actual goal with this? And I was like, well, I want to be in every hand of kids out there. And I want them to feel like they can have this as a stepping stone, the book that when I was nine, I maybe saw on my grandparents or my mm. aunt or my conservative uncle's shelf and grabbed off and had a little flick through and was like, oh, whoa, look at this person that, you know, I can see a bit of myself potentially in, whether it's what I'm doing with my career or my gender. And to kind of open up a deeper dive because that's not, I'm not a writer. I'm a fashion designer and my medium is clothes, but I still am a queer activist in that space. And so I wanted to also find that kind of beautiful line of letting this book sit in the granddad's flat in the Midlands. And Mm. it's not like this shocking book that's like, you know, fluid now, let's fucking deep dive into this and kind of not say alienate people, but sometimes be a bit too, um, you know what I'm saying? It's a- yeah, well, you catch more bees with honey than vinegar. And I don't mean that yeah. in an apology. We shouldn't, exactly. no one should be apologizing for anything. No, no apologizing. No, 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 never, but never, it's never. grace and elegance and all those things that bring people in and, you know, help people understand and compassion and all of those things are amazing. Mm. And Alok is amazing at that. I always love yeah. that thing they do when people write. I think they share it quite a lot on their Instagram. But like, there's this person who like did this really aggressive troll on Alok's Instagram. I'm not even going to say the words, but you know, like mm. it was really mean. And Alok just wrote this comment underneath saying, "Hey friend, are you okay?" And it's like a couple of paragraphs mm-hmm. long, and it's mm-hmm. like, "I'm living my life and I'm really happy. I'm sensing you're not because you're getting." up in my face about what I'm doing is there everything okay and it's not I'm making that sound passive aggressive and actually it's not it's just really compassionate no it's so compassionate and also the way that for me like Alok is able to just like the word is not not react because I'm not trying to tell we're not telling people to not react but just to go to a place of so much compassion and love and be like I'm doing really good like Mm. what's going on with you like let's talk like I think they're you know, as someone, I can speak to you and be like, yeah, of course, I'm very calm. But you're also reminding me of David Hockney. You know, like I think about mm-hmm. like my first entrance to queerness was David Hockney imagery. You know, mm-hmm. it was incredible painting. It was very mainstream for want of a better description. Mm-hmm. It was just mainstream because mm-hmm. people loved it. It was nothing to do with what he was doing. Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody video. Old movies my mum was watching on a Sunday with glamorous people, diamonds mm-hmm. and things. But, you know, like, it's a gateway. It wasn't, I didn't mm-hmm. need at that age to, yeah. to begin my own journey of discovery, but also perhaps acceptance of difference. I didn't need a raging tome about fuck the world. And I'm not to say they don't, they aren't necessary and aren't great. But even I think about the transgender issue, Sean Fay sitting behind mm-hmm. me, Sean Fay's book, that is a very, very calm dissembly of why we are where we are. And I think the, the more we can remember that. I think the more change we can make, actually. Being in 2024, the amount of incredible individuals before me that literally had to fight and obviously, Mm. you know, Stonewall, be in the streets, actually make that change. I also find that constantly puts weight in a good way on my shoulders to have a calm, eloquent, and I'm using the word elegant in a good way here, elegant conversation with someone to educate them and not just be like, you know what, fuck you. And just be like, I'm going to kind of go retreat to a safe space, but actually be like, no, this is my space that... I need to have a calm conversation and be able to kind of educate someone. I think my biggest thing is like ask questions and not be offended by the questions. Mm -hmm. Like if you're fluid, 
something like kind of a more of like a filthy sex question. And you're like, okay, that actually has nothing to do with, you know, but that no. takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of yeah. constraints. But also not that you should have to answer that question if you don't want to. But the reason people are asking you that question is because we do not equip people elsewhere. It's mm-hmm. not mentioned in school. I mean, luckily it wasn't mm-hmm. yours, but we rob people of the opportunity to understand the spectrum and therefore mm-hmm. where do their questions go and all of that. It's all of those things, isn't it? Now, Harris, we have to finish. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let me ask you, what's next for you today? And what's next for the future? Um, I am going to go to do a mic check at the VNA, which is where we're doing a fabulous launch of my book tonight. So shout out to the fabulous Victor and Albert Museum with the lovely Kenya Hunt. And then for the future, I think just keep listening to my gut. That becomes a key word in everything that I do because it's mm-hmm. just gut, gut, gut. Whether I'm in Paris creative directing or doing bigger and bigger projects, working with bigger and bigger people, it becomes a matter of there's so many voices and just listen to the one that's right inside. I just thoroughly enjoyed every last little moment of that. So thank you, Harris, for taking the time working away in his atelier in the corner. Very inspiring. Let us know what you thought. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. At homosapiens on Instagram. We're on TikTok, go follow us there. And go get yourself tickets to the live show. The link is in the bio. The link is on our Instagram bio. It's all to play for, darling. Next week, so from fashion to career change, I mean, this time of the year is such a time when we think about changing our careers and stuff. Well, next week we've got Henry Holland on the show. Henry was a hugely successful fashion designer, dressed all the stars, a la Harris Reed, and then had a complete change of career and now does pots, pottery, ceramics, all happened during lockdown. And he's turned that into a huge success. And it's just a really, we have a really interesting chat about kind of following your heart and how, and also Henry is a right giggle. He's such good fun. He's full of brilliant ideas, super smart. I love him. So that's next week. So, you know, put put a bookmark. I don't know how you do these things, but you know, come and listen. It's Thursdays. That's when the show comes out. Uh, That's all you need to know, really. Okay. Um, Well, this has been nothing short of emotional, everybody. I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you feel as uplifted as I do after that lovely chat with Harris. All right. Bye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Powered by Spirit Studios.